Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Good morning, church. It's good to be home. Well, Terry and I just returned from a trip to Manila, as she mentioned, and um, it was a great trip. Um, our Every Nation Church in Manila, uh, one of them invited us to come and, uh, and minister there. Uh, one of the places we were serving was uh, Victory Christian International School, which is uh, a private school associated with our Every Nation Church in Manila. Uh, we did some training there with their staff and faculty, even the students. And then there was a couple nights, oh, there's a picture here where we went over to our main church in Manila. Uh, this is Pastor Paolo over here on the top right. I uh, met him back in October and told him a little bit about what we do as far as training leaders in the area of inner healing. And so when he heard that we were passing through, he said, well, can you come over and do some training with our small group leaders? So we had about 250 what they call victory group leaders that were here. We did that on a Friday night and a Tuesday night. I'll tell you, those days were like a marathon. We would do uh, the faculty and staff at the school during the day. Then we had like a four-hour break, drove an hour to the church, and then did 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. and then an hour home. And uh, so those were marathon days. Uh, but you can see we're having a good time there. Uh, down here, this is Pastor Paolo's staff. These two men sitting next to me, uh, they're, both their first names are Christian. And they're pastors at Victory Fort. And so uh, you call them Pastor Christian. You can't get much more spiritual than that. And then over here, sitting next to Terry, uh, this is Sharon, and uh, Sharon is their administrator. She's amazing. She's like our Marian. If you need anything to get done, she can do it. So we had a great time. This is one of the first lessons we taught was the biblical basis for prayer ministry. So we had a, a great time there. Um, the generosity was um, amazing. You know, in the Philippines, I think the the, the image of God that's represented in the culture is the heart of service. They're just like over the top. And we were so blessed. I have to tell you, it was so much that I felt uncomfortable. I was having a hard time receiving it. Like I didn't feel worthy. And you know, we often feel like we need to earn our keep. And you know, if it's, if it's too much, it's like you feel like something's not right. And I, I was feeling that way for probably over a week now. And part of the reason was there was a family that was there that uh, decided to treat us after working so hard. They said, you know, let us have a couple days. We want to take you for a getaway so you can rest. So they took us to this exclusive resort island called Belisan. And so this is the Ching family that hosted us. They were just amazing. And then we heard about Greg and Nita. And so we wanted to go to the funeral down in Butuan. And... Uh, he paid for us to be able to go there and gave, sent his driver to pick us up at the airport, put us up in a hotel for a few hours to catch some sleep the night we left, and then head down to Butuan for the funeral. I didn't sleep that night. Um, I had the privilege, though, of being a part of the funeral for Brother Greg, and it was a beautiful time. His parents have a great church there that just surrounded them and supported them and was there for Nita, and a privilege to be a part of that. So, yeah, you, you know, I mentioned I was feeling so uncomfortable by getting the royal treatment. And even as I came home and I flew home, I still felt uneasy inside. 
And then on my way home, I was listening to Armin's message that he shared with you last Sunday. And he talked about the basis of the blessed life, which is the series that we're in. And the basis is our relationship with Jesus. And that because of him and what he's done, and because of his grace and the faith that we've applied to receive his gift to us, that uh, there's, no, there's nothing better that you can experience in life than, I mean, just think about it. Sometimes my mind has a hard time fathoming the idea that God dwells in us through the Holy Spirit. And we have this incomprehensible treasure in vessels of clay, so to speak. And Armin was just saying, you know, there, there's nothing better than a relationship with Jesus himself. He is the source of the blessed life. And it's all because he loves us. It's because of undeserved favor that he has offered this free gift to us. And you know, when I heard that message, my heart just settled with that uncomfortable feeling I had about not being worthy. And I just was able to rest in God's goodness and his blessing with thanksgiving and just settle it. It's like, okay, God, thank you. I'm not saying that, you know, life is a bed of roses if you walk with God. Like, there's no problems. There are. When I came home, my air conditioner was broken. <laughs> you know, I had things to do. I have bills to pay. You know, we have the same, Terry and I have the same struggles and trials that you do. That's why I'm so glad that Elmore and Terry just ministered the way they did today. Uh, during worship because I feel like we needed to be lifted up because of the heaviness. Because how many of you know life is a jungle? Life is a jungle. And we need God to carry us, especially when there's those burdens that are just too heavy. And, and thank God that he's with us and that he's for us. And so God doesn't want us to be worried about today or tomorrow. He doesn't want us to be anxious. He doesn't want us to strive. And, and Jesus talked about that very clearly in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25. He said, you know, if you look at nature, he just gave a lesson to his disciples from nature. He said, if you look at the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, he said, they don't strive. They don't work. They're not toiling. They're not trying to gut it out. They're just being and receiving from their creator. And that's a picture of the blessed life. Just, you know, we came from God. He, he gave us our spirit, our personal spirit. And he wants us to be one with him. Jesus talked about that in John 15. He said, Lord, may they be one just as you and I are one. And you and me and I in them. And he's talking about this idea of being one. Now, there's different words in the Bible for the word one. One is the numerical one, like first in order, like a lineal sequential order. But there's another Hebrew word for one, which is composite one. In other words, two, when Jesus talked about unity, he was talking about being together in the bond of peace and love. And God wants to restore us to be one with him. He, and you know the good news, the message that, that we share, that we have received, is that it's, it's okay to come home. It's okay. You can come home. It doesn't matter what happened in the past. Because of what Jesus has done, we can come home to the Father and be one with him. That's, that's amazing. That's an amazing message 
that we can be encouraged by and blessed by every day and share with other people. And Jesus was describing that in Matthew chapter 6. He said, you know, you can just be like the birds of the air and the flowers of the field and receive God's goodness in your life. But he also said there's a prerequisite. In verse 33, he said, seek first his kingdom, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. The title of this message is What Test? And the title comes from an experience that maybe you had, maybe something that you heard when you were in school. Did you ever walk into class? It was just a normal day. Sat down at your desk, looked around, and you noticed everybody else around you had their books open, and they were studying unusually intently. And the person sitting nearby said, are you ready for the test? And you said, what test? (laughs) You ever had that experience? (laughs) The reason for the title is because a lot of Christians don't know that there is a test that we experience. Let me, get, let me, let me illustrate it this way. Um, I'll do a quick survey just by a show of hands. Um, how many of you get paid once a month? Raise your hand. Okay, a couple. How many of you get paid either twice a month or every other week? Raise your hand. Okay, that's most of us. How many of you get paid every week? Okay, there's a few. How many of you never get paid? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) But if you ever get paid, there will be a test. And this is the test. When you get paid, who is the first person or what is the first place that you honor with what you spend? For a lot of people, it's Visa. But the problem with Visa is Visa does not have the power to bless your finances. But God does. You want God to bless your finances? Then you need to be sure to pass the test. You know, the purpose of testing, let's say you've taken a driver's test. The purpose of the test is to show that you can drive. It proves competency. And testing is not a bad thing. I mean, you want to be a doctor, you go to school, you take a test in order to become a doctor. It's the same thing with being a nurse. You know, when I flew back here, I sure hope the pilot took a test. Okay, grace applies, undeserved favor applies with our relationship with God. But with everything else, you need to pass the test. You know, when I'm in a, when I'm in a, in a tall building and there's an earthquake, I hope the architect who designed that building took a test and knew what he was doing. And so testing is a good thing. And tithing is a test. Tithing reveals who's first in your life. It shows who, if you have faith in God to to provide. It shows if you're trusting him as the source. It shows if you are a good steward. It also shows, you know, whether or not you love God. And so there are three areas that reveal if God is first in your life. Uh, One of them has to do with our time. How do we spend our time? You know, I'm not a morning person. Uh, My prime time is between 6 p.m. and 12 p.m., or 12 a.m., 12 midnight. 
And oftentimes I'll hear people give these, uh, these uh, words of instruction about having a quiet time, having time alone with God first thing in the morning. I remember once I was in a class and uh, doing a Bible study and the facilitator said, why was it that David was, was so firm about spending time first thing, spending time with God first thing in the morning when he wakes up? And, you know, I've heard this before, but I kind of was rebelling in my heart because I'm not a morning person. And I raised my hand and I said, instead of giving a theological answer, I said, because he was a morning person. And so I kind of justified that. I said, you know, it's not so much about when. It's that it's your prime time that you give to God. But recently, one of our leaders put something, a little devotional on one of our chat groups. And it said, you know, from a spiritual battle point of view, the enemy tries to get us in the beginning of our day. And if he can distract us from focusing on God, then chances are we're going to have difficulty being in sync with God the rest of the day. You know, that really spoke to me. Whether I'm a morning person or not, I decided I was going to start my first waking moments as I get up would be spending time alone with God. I wanted to put him first. So that's one area is the area of time. What do we do with our time? The other area that reveals whether or not God is first in our life is what do we do with our talents? We all have different strengths and abilities and experiences and gifting. And what is the first thing that you devote yourself to? What is the highest priority that you devote your your talent to in life? And then lastly is our treasure. As I mentioned earlier, there's a test. And when we get paid... The test is, who is the first person or what is the first place that we honor with what we spend? Tithing is a test of your heart. And there's, there's nothing that will test your heart more clearly than money. You know, one of, the, one of the common fears that people have is the fear that my needs will not be met. And tithing reveals whether or not we're living in fear or living in faith. It's a huge test. So why is it that God chose 10%? That's what a tithe is. It means a tenth. Why is it that he chose 10%? Well, a percentage means that it's fair to everybody. Whether you make $300 or $300,000, it's a penny on every dime. And so the number 10 in the Bible is also symbolic of this idea of testing. You will actually see when you read in the Bible the word testing with the number 10. I'll give you a few examples. Um, How many plagues were there in Egypt? 10. I could have said how many times did did God test Pharaoh's heart, but we're more familiar with the number of plagues. There were 10. How many commandments are there in the Bible? Okay, those commandments are actually a test. Each one is a test of our relationships. The first four deal with our relationship with God. The next six deal with our relationship with people. When Daniel asked to be tested by not eating the king's rich food, he asked to be tested how many days? Ten. How many lepers were tested to see who would come back to give thanks for being healed? There were ten. Tithing is a test. Interestingly, it's a two-way test because God says in Malachi, he says also, test me. God says, test me in this. If I will not pour out the blessings and open the windows of heaven to pour out a blessing you can't contain. 
God says, test me in this because I want to bless you. I want to open the windows of heaven. I want to rebuke the devourer for you so that your life is fruitful. But it all depends on whether or not we pass the test. And the test is, who is first? Now, there's a little secret to passing the test. Actually, it's not a secret. It's in the Bible. It's in black and white. It's clear. Have you ever read the story about Cain and Abel and the offering they brought to the Lord? Do you ever wonder why God accepted Abel's offering, but he didn't accept Cain's? The Bible says that Abel uh, brought the first of his increase to the Lord. But Cain, on the other hand, it says in the course of time, he brought an offering to the Lord. And the Lord said to Cain, I won't accept your offering, but Abel's I will accept. Why was that? It has to do with the nature of God. God is, a theological term, God is preeminent, meaning God is first. He's before all, he's above all, he's first of all. God is first. So he's a first place God. And he can't accept anything else because that's who he is. He's first. The only thing he can accept is a first place offering. Sometimes we give God second best. And that's what Cain did. He brought an offering in the course of time. And the Lord said, I can't accept that. He said, Abel's offering, I'll accept this one I won't. I have to tell you from experience, since I was in college, since I became a Christian, I've been tithing faithfully all of my life. I wasn't always current, but if I got behind, I always caught up. And it may not have been the first thing that I gave, but somewhere in my pay period, I would give my tithe. And I've been doing that for decades. And yet I found myself still struggling in the area of finances. And I was confused. I said, God, your word says that if I give to you, that you will bless my life, that you'll provide. Is your word true or not? What's going on? And then I heard about the story of Cain and Abel. And I realized that many times when I had given, I had given God second place. I had given him second best. And I realized that God didn't bless that, didn't accept that. So much of that was, was not honoring to him. And since then, I began to make sure the first thing I, I did it just this morning. I get paid this weekend. I wrote out my check. Um, and I had it put in the offering bag here this morning. So it's already done before I go and cash my check on Monday. It's on its way. And I began to do that maybe two years ago. And I have to tell you, there's been a shift in the blessing of God on my life. Uh, those little pictures I showed you was just one example. Where it's actually so much, sometimes I feel uncomfortable. It's like, God, I'm not worthy. But it's all about His grace. All of this to say, the key to passing the test is the principle of first. The principle of first. There are some hindrances that get in the way of being able to practice that. One of them, um, sometimes you hear people say, well, you know, tithing, that's in the Old Testament. Uh, but we live in the New Testament, and that's not for today. And I want to illustrate why that doesn't work. Um, Van, oh, where's Van? Can I have your wallet? 
Okay. Leviticus 19.11 says, Thou shalt not steal, nor deal falsely, nor lie to one another. But that's in the Old Testament, and we're in the New Testament. <laughs> and I don't need to apply that. How does that feel, Van? <laughs> you okay with that? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's okay to think like that until you experience something like being stolen from. So here's the deal. How do we process the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament? There's lots of laws in the Old Testament. If the New Testament does not update the Old Testament, then the Old Testament principles remain in play. If the New Testament gives an update, then we need to go with that. Oftentimes in the New Testament, it will actually affirm what was said in the Old Testament. For example, Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. So here's a question. What does the New Testament say about tithing? In fact, I have a question for you. If, if Jesus said that we should tithe, would you do it? Don't raise your hand. Just answer that in your heart between you and God. But if Jesus said in the New Testament, in red letters, you should tithe, would you do it? And I think the sad part is for some of us, there's a struggle to answer that question. Especially in light of the fact Armin's message last week talking about the greatest gift we could ever imagine, if we could even imagine it, is that we have the gift of God, and Jesus gave his life to sacrifice for us, and yet we would have to think about whether or not we want to honor him with the first of our increase. So if Jesus said that, um, would you tithe was the question. Would you like to see it in the New Testament? It's in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. Jesus said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So there's two things that Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about the tithes that they gave on mint, dill, and cumin. Basically, that was the seasonings on their food. And he was saying, you guys are so legalistic, you even tithe on the seasonings that you put on your food but you have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. He says you should have done the former, that is tithing, yes, without neglecting the latter. Now, some people think that the latter, or uh, how does he put it there, these you ought to have done. Some people think that these you ought to have done is referring to the weightier matters, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. But even if, it, even if you read it that way, the rest of the verse says you shouldn't neglect the other. And so either way, Jesus is saying tithing is biblical. Tithing is in the New Testament. Uh, maybe another way I should say it is tithing is for today. Tithing is still for today. So that's one of the hindrances that we sometimes go through is, well, is that Old Testament, New Testament? How do I process that? The other hindrance that we sometimes struggle with is if I give 10% to God, then I'm going to have less for myself. And I struggle with that because 
I'm going to have to give up something. I'm not going to be able to afford something. You know, how am I going to make ends meet? What about paying my bills? So that's a very real thing that, that we go through. But I have to tell you, there's two stories that you will hear. When you, when you listen to people's personal experience about tithing, there's two stories that you'll hear. One story is, you know what? I just can't afford it. The other story is, I am so blessed as a result of tithing. Those are the two stories. And you can't explain this mathematically. There's no logical explanation for it. But you will never be able to afford to tithe until you start to tithe. Because God says that when you tithe, the, re- the remaining 90% is blessed. Would you rather have 90% that's blessed or 100% that's cursed? When I say it's under a curse... I know that sounds harsh, um, but don't take that personally. The whole world is under a curse, okay? (laughs) In science, they call it the second law of thermodynamics. Uh, That's a big fancy word for talking about the principle of decay. Everything in the world is influenced by the principle of decay. And and, And it's true not just physically, it's also true spiritually. That's how death entered the world. And the only way to escape and get free from this principle is to come under the authority and the protection of God. If you don't honor God with the first of your first fruits, then you don't have protection from the devourer. You know, as soon as you think you're getting ahead, something else will break down. It might be your car, your cell phone, a water line, something. In Israel, when the Israelites in the desert, when the Israelites were wandering around for 40 years, the Bible says that their shoes didn't wear out. Their shoes didn't wear out. When we put God first, we have his blessing. You want the blessing of God? In Malachi, God says, test me in this, bring the whole tithe, and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out the blessing. To say this another way, tithing is a blessing. Tithing is a blessing. And I'd like to close with, um, with this illustration. I want to ask uh, three people if you would stand. Um, AJ, if you would stand. Van, and also Clint. Clint, if you don't mind standing. Uh, these three f- men are friends of mine. I trust them. And I'm going away on a long trip. And I've made provision for my wife, Terry. But I also want to arrange for some additional funds to go to Terry on a monthly basis. And I want to do it through these three men. And so what I'm going to do is each month I'm going to give them $5,000 each. And what I'd like you to do is give 10% of that to Terry. $5,000 each, 10% to Terry, and you can keep the other 90%. Sound good? Deal? Okay, I'm going to trust you. Okay, so I go on the trip. It's been three months. Every day I'm talking with Terry on FaceTime. And then I think about, oh, yeah, what about those additional funds that I had arranged for her? So I ask her. I said, so how's it going with uh, the funds coming in from the three men? She goes, "Um, well, uh, pretty good. I said, pretty good? Uh, What do you mean? I said, what's happening with AJ? Well, AJ's good. AJ, on the first of every month, January 1st, February 1st, you know, he's, he's like right on time. He's like clockwork. 
I'm like, okay, great, good job, AJ. I said, what about Clint? Um, she, he said, uh, well, Clint, um, he gives 20%. He gives 1,000 every month. I said, 1,000, 20%. I said, I only asked him to give 10%. What's up with that? She goes, I don't know. He just, he gives 20%. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, what about Van? She said, well, Van, uh, we need to talk about Van. <laughs> I said, well, what do we need to talk about Van? What's happening with Van? She said, well, the first month, um, so 5,000, 10% is 500. So the first month, um, he gave 300. And then the second month, he gave 100. And then the third month, he didn't give, any, he didn't give anything. Now, I'm giving them the money. And I'm asking them on the basis of trust to take care of my wife. How do you think that makes me feel when Van does that? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do with Van. <laughs> I'm not going to give him any more money because he's already proven that he can't be trusted. So I'm going to take the money that I was giving Van and I'm going to give it to Clint and to AJ because they've shown that they can be trusted. Okay, you may be seated. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. Jesus said he's going away, like on a long trip. He says, I'm going to give you everything that you need. The only thing I ask is that you take care of my wife. Just 10%, that's it. You can keep the other 90%. It's yours. But I want you to take care of my wife. Now, let me remind you, is the church the bride of Christ? Yes. I don't know if you've thought about it this way, but tithing may be a whole lot more personal to Jesus than you realized. Let's take a moment to pray. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want to encourage you not to feel any kind of condemnation if you struggle in this area. I used to struggle in this area. I, I don't now, not with tithing. But I may struggle in some areas that you don't. None of us are perfect. Unless we're walking on water, we have not yet arrived. And so please do not feel any kind of condemnation whatsoever. I do want you to feel convicted that's when the Holy Spirit prompts us from inside because he's drawing us closer to himself and to his ways. And he's motivated out of love, and that's always for our good. And yes, that we want. But please do not feel any kind of condemnation. We are all saved by grace. And his favor is for us. But I do want to encourage you to ask the Lord, just in the privacy of your seat, God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? And if you would take a moment just to turn your attention to God and to listen, and I want to give you some time to respond.
Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for what you're doing in each person here this morning. Lord, I thank you for the ways that you're revealing, even the ways that you've been healing and encouraging. And for those of you who are having a sense of what it is that God is saying to you, I want to give you just a moment to say yes to God if that is your desire. To do some business with him. So Father, I'm here today and I hear you. And Lord, I'm saying yes to your ways. Father, I thank you that your way is always better. And Lord, there's much I need to learn and much I don't understand, but I'm trusting you and saying, yes, I want you to be first in my life. So God, I ask that you would teach me how to do that. Teach me how to trust. I ask that you would grow my faith. Lord, help me with my unbelief. Give me wisdom and teach me your ways. Lord, I ask that you give me a new start to walk with you. And if you would keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I'd like to address one other group here today. There may be some of you, as you're hearing me talk about a relationship with God, that's something that's been on your mind lately. In fact, you're here today not just to go to church, but in your heart you've been searching. And you're realizing that it's, it's God that is getting your attention. And if you've never made a formal decision to say, God, yes, I'd like to experience you. If you've never made a conscious choice to make a decision to open up to him and say, yes, God, I want you to be a part of my life. If you've not actually received him into your life, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. It's real simple. The most important part is making the decision. And God knows because he knows everything. He knows you. He knows what you're thinking and feeling. And if that describes you, I want to give you an opportunity to express that decision to him, which is what we call prayer. And what we'll do is I'll pray out loud and I invite you just to hitchhike on my words. God will hear you. God, I'm here. I've been sensing that you've been trying to get my attention. And today I'm making a choice to say yes to you. God, I'm choosing to open up. I want to experience you. And so I ask that you would reveal yourself to me ask that you would come into my life. You would show yourself to me. And as I open up, God, I ask you to forgive me for the things I've done that have been hurtful to myself or to others. Most of all, my relationship with you. And I thank you for Jesus and what he did. And I invite your spirit of forgiveness into mine, and I ask that you would forgive me. And if you're praying that prayer with me right now, I want to encourage you to, right now, by faith, receive God into your life. Receive his forgiveness and his love, which is for you. He's been waiting for this moment to be in your life. And so go ahead and receive him and receive his forgiveness. And Lord, I ask that you would wash away any guilt, any condemnation, any accusation from the enemy and that you would restore your son or your daughter to your presence, that 
they experience you through your son, Jesus. Father in heaven, I thank you for coming into my life. And I ask that you would show me your ways. Give me a new start. I ask that you would reveal yourself to me and allow me to know you more. And I ask all this in Jesus' name.